0: It was a cold day in Chicago, a typical December right before the holidays. And our office was riddled with traditional corporate gifts. So tins of popcorn, uh, baskets of cookies and treats. And it dawned on me as we, of course, we were enjoying all these, you know, these gifts and the food, but it just became so clear to me that there was no aspect of doing good or social impact in the gifts themselves. And it just so happened that I was exposed to specifically a social enterprise. So an organization in Detroit that was making these delicious granola bites while providing, you can think of it as like an afterschool program for youth in Detroit to teach them, you know, marketing skills and accounting skills and critical thinking skills and negotiation skills. And I just thought, wow, this product is amazing, both because it tastes great, but also because there's this powerful story of doing good baked into the actual production of this product.
1: Hey, this is Achim Novak, executive coach and host of the My Fourth Act podcast. If life is a five act play, how will you spend your fourth act? I have conversations with exceptional humans who have created bold and unexpected fourth acts. Listen and be inspired. And please rate us and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. Let's get started. I am so happy to welcome Liad Rothschild to the My Fourth Act podcast. Liat is a citizen of the world and the founder of Pact with Purpose, an agency that champions the act of doing good into the gifts we choose to give. Pact with Purpose was born out of Liat's desire to create social impact while recognizing the importance of gifting in fostering meaningful relationships. Liat's work is informed by her experience as a Peace Corps volunteer and social impact consultant. Since we are entering this season of gift giving, I cannot think of a more perfect conversation partner than Liat. So Liat, welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Akeem. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's so my pleasure. And we're going to talk a lot about gifts and what you do with Packed with Purpose. But before we go there, there's a question I ask at the start of each podcast because I'm curious about how we end up where we end up. So when we when you were a young girl or a teenager. Chances you weren't thinking about Pac with Purpose. So what did you think you wanted to do or be as a grown-up?
0: When people ask me that question, maybe unlike some kids, I didn't aspire to be a teacher or a lawyer or, you know, a profession, a doctor that is defined and well stated. I think that as a kid, I wanted to do what I wanted to do without being encumbered by what my parents or society or my classmates might have defined as a profession. Yeah. So my, my truthful answer is I didn't have a particular profession, but I knew that I was creative and had a strong imagination and I wanted to pursue what I wanted irrespective of what others might have thought was appropriate.
1: As I think of that, and I think of my parents, because that sounds great to me, but I would imagine at some point, once you're in 11th or 12th grade, you know, mom and dad want to know where you're going to go to college and what are you going to study, right? Yes. <laughs> did those conversations happen and how did you navigate those?
0: So it's a great question. My parents, I give them a lot of credit. I think that they they had trust in me and in their children that we had a good compass, a strong moral compass, but also a strong work ethic. So they were never concerned They definitely didn't outwardly display that but i think that truthfully they were never concerned that i wasn't going to pursue something of excellence for me i ended up studying cognitive psychology undergrad i think that that carries through with my profession day to day it was a subject matter that i was interested in but at no point did my parents ever say well how are you going to take this and apply it or they never thought in a linear manner in terms of you're studying psychology, therefore you should be, or we assume you will go down the path to be a psychologist.
1: Well, you clearly have very enlightened parents, Liat. That's a wonderful That's thing to hear. Yes. Uh, I introduced you as a citizen of the world and I, I identify as that myself. And we, we both have, I would say, multicultural backgrounds and, uh, you're American-born, your parents came here from Israel, so you have strong connection to Israel as well. And I believe we live in a world where the, the identities that you and I have are increasingly important. And since you just talked about what shaped you, how did that background shape you and your connection to, yes, I'm American, but my family's strongly connected to Israel? Could you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. I think that the way that I grew up and what I experienced at home cultivated my appreciation for cultural differences. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'll
0: highlight just a few different experiences to bring that to life. When we were younger, my parents had a robust appreciation for travel and for adventures. And when we were younger, we didn't necessarily have money to travel as a family of five to different countries. Mm -hmm. So we drove from the Midwest all the way down to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which is a three-day drive. And um, that's probably not what the average American family does, but it was a beautiful experience. And that was part of appreciating the Mexican culture and the food and just witnessing, you know, what younger children were doing, maybe selling on the streets compared to myself that was on vacation from school. So really, you know, that opened my eyes up to new experiences. A totally different example would be as a Peace Corps volunteer in rural Paraguay. I lived with a family and lived in a very rural setting about two hours away from the capital. And here I was exposed to an indigenous language, a totally new way of thinking, a country that had the longest dictatorship in its history. And obviously living in that environment for two years very closely with my community and with the family just opened my eyes to all of these new experiences. There's a ton of different yeah. examples like those, but just as two different examples in the course of my life that opened me up to cultural differences and to appreciating different people's perspectives and that that makes for a richer life.
1: I totally get that. And when I think of the Peace Corps, and you're not the first guest I've had on my podcast who did was in the Peace Corps. I think of it as the kind of thing that people did in the 60s and the 70s. And I know you're not of that generation. You're a little younger. <laughs> what was the inner voice or the inner calling that said, I want to do two years in the Peace Corps? Just, just where did that come from for you, Liette?
0: So I think there were a few factors that drove me or really pulled me to want to join the Peace Corps. One, there was a high quotient of adventure. So I'm a risk taker. I like adventure. I love roller coasters, you know, <laughs> the, to, to give you a sense. So joining the Peace Corps, I knew that it was going to be filled with adventure. And yeah. the unknown is not something that scares me, but it's something that I am drawn towards. Yeah. Beyond that, I really was interested in the idea of giving back. Right. So as a Peace Corps volunteer for two years, mm-hmm. you are giving back back, you are giving to a community through your skills, through your listening, through your application of whatever professional knowledge or skills you have to a community to better them, however that might be, whether it's in terms of education, agroforestry, business, it doesn't matter what the application is, you're using your skills and your experience to to give back or contribute to a community. And then I'd say the other one was language, right, and cultural appreciation, So I love learning languages and there's nothing like being thrown into a rural community where no one speaks English to force you to have to learn a new language. And with that, a new perspective. And I would say those three aspects were it was hard to not say yes to the Peace Corps for me.
1: I'm somebody who also loves adventure but I'm terrified of roller coasters. Okay. I have to say that. That's <laughs> okay. not my idea. It's not a one-to-one. One yeah. Right. yeah. You described so beautifully, and if I can again, again use the word, the deeper purpose of the work you were doing in Paraguay. And in my mind, that's very much connected to what you're doing now with Packed with Purpose. And in between, you, did, you had two jobs, which at least on paper, First of all, they look wonderful, but more traditional marketing client engagement jobs. You were director of marketing for engagement for Rosetta. You were the VP of advisory services for an organization called Mission Measurement. Before we get to Pack With Purpose, if you just, in every experience, there are reasons where we go, this is why I love doing this. And there are reason moments where you go, I can't stand this and I need to get out of here. Mm. Would you maybe... Paint both extremes, because these clearly got you to where you are today. Without those experiences, you probably would not be doing Packed with Purpose. So can you tell us some stories sure. of what stands out there?
0: Yeah. And let me, I'm, I'm going to give the prelude to Rosetta, just so sure. that it provides the right context. I After I was a Peace Corps volunteer, I worked in the area of market research, and then I went into business school. And I got both my MBA and a master's in international studies. So there was an international focus there. Coming out of my graduate program, I wanted to work in marketing. I knew I was attracted to the way I looked at marketing in terms of the power of storytelling, understanding consumer psychology and behavior, using data to connect a product or service to your end customer or influencers in the decision to use or buy that product or service. So that was the mindset that I had, and that's why I went to Rosetta, which was a digital agency. It then became acquired and was part of the broader publicist group, and that was an amazing experience where I was able to apply my marketing skills and really learn from other executives in the marketing world who were my clients but also, you know, partners within the company and my managers and peers who were steeped in market research and marketing experience and really learn how companies think about marketing their product and services using primary research and secondary research to inform how a product goes to market. It was an amazing opportunity. So I definitely learned a lot there. Mm And then the other example that you gave was at Mission Measurement, where following Rosetta, where I basically learned a lot about market research and marketing, I then took those skills and brought it back to the world of social impact. Mm -hmm. And I said, how can I use these skills to support the growth of social impact or corporate social responsibility? At that company, I was advising chief sustainability officers and marketing executives, helping them figure out how to invest or utilize their CSR or their corporate social responsibility dollars to have a business return and also a societal impact. Now it's commonplace to hear words like purpose or mission. Uh, 10 plus years ago, individuals and companies were talking a lot about corporate social responsibility or corporate citizenship. And I was working with the leaders of those departments helping them figure out how to use those dollars to do good, both for the business and for society.
1: What I heard from you right now, you did a wonderful job of describing the purpose of where you were working in those two places, but also the inner satisfaction of what you were doing. And you chose to move on from mission measurement and do other stuff. So I'm very curious at at what point, because we all have different reasons for moving on because I talk to people all the time who have a great job, they love it, and they could stay there for the rest of their lives and they would get promoted and they would do other things. But something within you, and if I misrepresent you, correct me, said, no, I have other ideas and I want to do mm-hmm. my own thing. Would you would you describe, because our listeners, sure. in the, the fourth act often is how do I go from one stage of life to another? And you made a big jump to do your own thing. Could you describe that process for us?
0: Yeah. So let me, I'm going to take you back to the exact day when I first had the idea Yeah, for me, I wasn't, I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't dream of owning my own business, but the idea of packed with purpose hit me. And then it was so compelling that I couldn't think of anything else, Mm -hmm. but starting this company you know, the story goes, it was a cold day in Chicago, a typical December right before the holidays. And our office was riddled with traditional corporate gifts. So tins of popcorn, uh, baskets of cookies and treats. And it dawned on me as we of course, we were enjoying all these, you know, these gifts and the food, but it just became so clear to me that there was no aspect of doing good or social impact in the gifts themselves. And it just so happened that I was exposed to specifically a social enterprise. So an organization in Detroit that was making these delicious granola bites while providing, you can think of it as like an afterschool program for youth in Detroit to teach them, you know, marketing skills and accounting skills and critical thinking skills and negotiation skills. And I just thought, wow, this product is amazing, both because it tastes great, but also because there's this powerful story of doing good baked into the actual production of this product. And so that's when I had my aha moment. And I said, I know that there's other companies, other social enterprises like this one. What if I were to put those products together in a beautifully designed gift box? And what if I told that story behind each of the products, maybe even better then those organizations are doing it themselves. Wouldn't that be a compelling gift? And wouldn't there be corporate buyers that would be excited to buy this? And then recipients that would feel like, you know, wow, this is a really memorable gift.
1: I hear the the marketer in you in the best Mm -hmm. kind of way. You tell the story so beautifully. And, and as I'm listening to you, I go, well, of course that's a no brainer, right? It just makes sense. What I also heard you say, which is I couldn't stop thinking about it. And that that often is a good sign that we need to do something. Yeah. And as somebody, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm on my second business and I'm, I'm reshaping it again. I remember how daunting it was to start my first enterprise. And many of our listeners may go, I, I have ideas just like Liat does. and But how did you actually start? Did you establish a business entity? Did you hire people? Did you just yeah. start putting out your feelers to see if anybody thought it was a good idea? Like, how did you actually step into this wonderful venture called Pack with Purpose?
0: Yes. The first thing I did, this is an expression that a fellow female entrepreneur here in Chicago mentioned, which was to dream out loud. So yeah. the first thing I did was dream out loud. And as soon as I started dreaming out loud, meaning I was talking about this thing that later would be compact with purpose, I would get people's feedback and I would hear some of their questions. And so that just, you know, was like a snowball effect. I dreamt out loud. What did I actually do beyond that? For my daughter's first birthday party, I took the idea of a goodie bag and I sort of flipped it on its head and I created the first. What I oftentimes say is the the first bad version of Pact with Purpose, but my designer affectionately told me I should call it a low-fidelity prototype. So it was the first (laughs) low-fidelity prototype of Pact with Purpose. And I gave that to all of the guests, which were individuals like myself that might be decision makers with regards to gifts for their companies or organizations, or they might be the influencers of that decision. I gave them that first packs of Purpose gift, and I said, I'm going to follow up with a 10-minute call. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And so that was basically low-budget or no-budget scrappy market research. I got their feedback. A few months later, as I started thinking about this, I knew that this was my opportunity to actually create a business around this, that there was enough momentum. The market was huge in terms of the size of the market. It used to be referred to as a 125 billion dollar market. Now there's new research that shows that the corporate gifting market is 240 billion dollars. So it's a huge opportunity, and no one was doing anything like this. And I knew that companies and people were becoming more focused on doing good. So fast forward to June, I actually established the company name. I, you know, created all of the the legal entities, the design mark, and then. I knew that this was my opportunity to try. It might've failed, but I was at least going to try it. And I quit my job. I happened to be seven months pregnant with twins. So it was either the best time to quit my job and to start my business or the worst time. But I just, there was so much momentum. There was no opportunity for me to put this down and just continue with quote unquote, my day job. I was consumed with this idea and You know, when people talk about like you have passion for an idea, I literally couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I had to manifest all that thought into what would become this business.
1: A word from your sponsor. That's me. I invite you to go to the website associated with this podcast, www.myfourthact.com. You will find other equally inspiring conversation with great humans. And you will also learn more about the My Fourth Act Mastermind Groups, where cool people figure out how to chart their own fourth acts. Please check it out. And now back to the conversation. We'll we'll get back to the twins in a moment. But (laughs) before... (laughs) We're recording this conversation the the week before the American Thanksgiving. I'm releasing the episode on U.S. Thanksgiving Day. So where my thoughts are going, you know, this is the gift giving season. And if you could just give us a snapshot of the sort of corporate giving that you're a part of between now and Christmas and the sort of gifts that people are giving who have partnered with your organization. Give us a snapshot.
0: Sure. Yeah. So... Packed with Purpose is a corporate gifting company with a social mission. And the social mission comes in because the products that we include in our gifts do good. I'll give you a few examples of that. We might have granola made by women who are part of a workforce development program in Washington, D.C., who might have been homeless or survivors of abuse. They're learning skills so that they can get back on their feet financially. We might include uh, wooden journals that are made out of uh, sustainably harvested wood that also contribute to a movement to reforest the globe. Those are two totally different examples, but in each one you can see that there's an element of giving back, whether it is related to health, whether it's related to youth development, to women and diverse entrepreneurs, to workforce development or sustainability. There's six different impact areas that our gifts contribute to, And it's powered by the actual products in our gifts. And what we believe, and we believe this because this is what our customers say and the recipients of our gifts say, what makes our gifts stand out is the stories that we get to tell, that we are humbled to tell about the products and how those products are impacting people, communities, and the environment.
1: How do you source the gifts or the organizations or the agencies who all have an incredibly noble purpose and yeah. you have a noble purpose and you are sort of amplifying your shared purpose by finding each other, but you have to source them? Like what's your process? Yeah, doing that?
0: yeah. great question. And let me just say, right, if I, if I rewind five years, the first packed with Purpose gift had six SKUs, six products. That was very simple compared to now where we have hundreds of SKUs and over a hundred impact partners that are the purveyors of the products in our gifts. So there's a few ways in which we discover and vet the impact partners and their products in our gifts. A lot of it is us doing our own research, whether it is assisting shows, right, attending shows or um, conferences. of it is through desk research so specifically looking for products that might be more savory or more sweet or have a longer shelf life or are from different regions in the state, or focus on a particular impact area so we do a lot of our own research we have a very thorough vetting process where we're looking at who is behind the product what type of impact do they create we test out all of our products which is a wonderful experience, especially when there's a lot of treats or food being sent to us. But aside from that, we now also, as our brand has grown and folks have learned about us, we also get a number of inbound inquiries where potential impact partners reach out to us to tell us about their amazing soap or pajamas or uh, brownies or cookies. And that's a wonderful way for us to get to know potential impact partners that are not on our radar.
1: I just, I'm listening to you and thinking like, what a wonderful brand to have and what a wonderful vehicle of doing good in the world. And because the act of giving a gift in and of itself, it's a wonderful thing. And if we add this other layer to it that you do through your work, what a beautiful thing you're doing. Wait, wait. I, I want to go back to, I, w- I was struck, I'm thinking of Thanksgiving and I was struck by the phrase you said, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So your passion is evident. I know when I started as an entrepreneur, and I was not a natural entrepreneur, and I think I'm a good one now. One of my fears was, and I believe you're a mother of four children. Is four, correct? And you have a husband. So my, my big fear was, is that my business will consume me and it will take over my life and that's a fear of many people, how did you juggle that? I mean, you're a mom, you you mentioned uh, yes. being pregnant with twins. How, is, how do you make all of this work?
0: Yeah, well, so I think that uh, for everyone, the most important thing is for everyone to know who they are, right? Like who, what is their personality? So I like to plan, but I don't plan so much that I become fearful of what may occur. Yeah. And that's important to share because and that's why i also mentioned when i started pact with purpose we had six products used right there were yeah. six products six impact partners now we've got you know hundreds and so i think one of the aspects that has benefited me is thinking enough steps ahead but not so much that i become paralyzed with the unknown or paralyzed by thinking about all of the complexity that will unfold so that's maybe the uh, philosophical answer to your question. Yeah. The, no, the and what's practical... the practical? What's the mm-hmm.
1: practical answer?
0: <laughs> right. So, and and I think both of them are are important. The practical aspect is it's a balancing act, and every single day is a balancing act, and every hour. And for example, yesterday during what would have been an inventory call, I was at the pharmacy with my twin boys who were getting their COVID vaccine, and I have. Help at home to enable me to participate in events or to do a podcast and know that I won't be interrupted. And other times I am interrupted. And I think the benefit of the pandemic is people don't have to feel like they're standing behind a facade of a perfect life. Life is messy, kids get sick, you have competing priorities. And at least within my company, and I think our partners and our clients, we are much more empathetic. And people just feel that they can be their authentic self. It's not always perfect. You're always balancing whatever it might be, whether it's children or caring for your aging parents or dealing with uh, competing priorities at home and and work.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the clarity with which you expressed that. Thank you, Liat. I'm going to ask a question. I think I know how you might answer it, but I... Because you're in the middle of something beautiful that you created and life continues to unfold and new things happen and new dreams appear and you might dream out aloud some more and and you have four children and all of these things. So just for today, if if you could wave a magic wand and say, if I could have a little more of this and a little less of that, what comes to mind?
0: So, I think that let me start off by saying I feel so fortunate. I feel fortunate that I'm what I do every day is what I love. It yeah. happens to be that I'm a founder CEO. It happens to be that I am living my dream of starting a company that is doing well, that is growing, that has team members that. <sighs> deeply believe in their quote unquote work and collaborating with one another. So I feel so fortunate to be doing that and to have health on my side. Uh, Two years ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it was a really rough year. So I, I, I very much feel grounded with just how fortunate I am. And so if it was a little bit more of this and a little bit less of that, to be honest i feel like i'm at the peak right like it is so wonderful so what does a little bit more and a little bit less look like for me probably a little bit more growing the company in the areas that i want to see it flourish a little bit less of being mired in the day to day of maybe inventory management or updating our tech needs but to be honest that's you know that's all on the margin like it it almost yeah. doesn't even matter because what i do day Today
1: is so fulfilling yeah since we're at since I mean and those are classic entrepreneurial wishes that you just articulated <laughs> right. and I think any entrepreneur can relate to. What have you learned about yourself as a as a woman and as a leader who started her own business because we it tends to change us. And it tends to change how we show up and how we see the world. What did Leah learn about herself in this purpose of doing your own venture?
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's two thoughts that immediately come to mind. One is how important it is to ask for help, to ask for outside perspective, to ask for someone else to share their experience and how they've dealt with something. And that, that sometimes it's just, corroborates a, a hunch you already have. Sometimes it presents a whole new way of dealing with a problem or a new way to problem solve. So that's one aspect. And then the other illumination is not so much a change in behavior, but more so just a self-reflection, which is that I recognize that I have a greater appetite or I can withstand emotional distress, right? So as an entrepreneur there's so many uncertainties and the business that I run happens to be highly seasonal, which brings its own set of challenges and opportunities. But just knowing that my appetite for ambiguity and maybe emotional distress is higher, it means that I'm aware of why I might have an appetite for certain risks or for the type of growth that this business you know, can have and will have compared to someone else. Um, And also just thinking about that in the context of motivating my team and leading my team and partnering with other, you know, outside organizations, with our clients, with our impact partners.
1: And I would venture to guess, since you self-identified as an adventurer and risk taker early in the conversation, that that part of you probably comes in really handy, even though it plays out in a different way right now and on a different scale.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and even within myself, there's areas where I take big risks and then there's other areas where I do things in a more measured way. So making sure that we can fulfill every order as it was placed, right? So sending the right gift to the right person with the right message at the right time. Yeah. At the end of the day, we can't create any social impact if the logistics and the operations of our business aren't perfect. So I have, I hold myself and my team to a really high level of excellence. And so all of that has to be at a hundred percent. And so that means that the growth, while, you know, we've been fortunate to see amazing growth still maybe compared to someone else has been more measured because I wanted to ensure that all of the fulfillment and the logistics and the operations were at hundred percent because we can't fail our customers. And if we fail our customers, we can't even focus on the amazing aspect of social good that our gifts create.
1: I know a lot of dreamers who don't know how to execute. And and I'm hearing you saying is dreaming without execution has no impact. So that's beautiful clarity as well. Based on what you know now, Liat, if you had a chance to whisper into the ears of younger Liat and say and share some words of wisdom, not, not to change the trajectory of our life, but just saying this is something as a more mature person, I have learned, what would you say to her?
0: I would probably say, trust yourself, trust your gut. The fact that you're doing it different is okay. The fact that you're thinking about this in a different way is good and if you really believe in yourself during whatever juncture of uncertainty you will prevail and you will come out on top yeah. within everyone's story and everyone's success there's still you know periods and crossroads where you have doubt or you're, you're uncertain. Yeah. And so, you know, even though I said, Oh, I'm a risk taker. And, you know, I believed in myself to take this chance. And I dreamed out loud. There's still micro steps along the way, where the faster and the better you can say, it's okay, if this is different, it's okay, if others don't see it, you understand where you're going. So just keep mm-hmm. charging forward and do that with, uh, with poise, and you'll get to where you want to be.
1: Thank you for that. As we get ready to wrap up, is there anything else you would want our listeners to know about Packed with Purpose that maybe we haven't talked about because I didn't ask the question? What else would you want them to know?
0: Well, we are humbled to work with all of our clients and our customers. We have a 100 or so curated gifts on our website. With many of our corporate clients, we can add company logos, either to our gift box or to the gift message, which our clients really appreciate when they want to add a more personalized touch to the gift. Uh, we can also include branded products in our gifts. It's wonderful for us to work with our clients to create a really personalized and socially conscious experience, mm. whether companies are onboarding new employees or companies want to thank clients for another year of business or companies want to create a really unique event and provide a gift to really break through the virtual experience. So whatever people's needs are, we love partnering with our clients and we love helping our clients send gifts that transcend even what they thought was possible in terms of embedding good into the gifting experience that they are creating.
1: I want to thank you for a conversation that, for me, as your conversation partner, beautifully merged the tactical and the personal, <laughs> and that we walked that line beautifully, so I thank you for that, and for our listeners who want to learn more about Packed With Purpose, the website, I believe, is packedwithpurpose.gifts, is that correct?
0: That's correct. So
1: packedwithpurpose.gifts, and you can learn more, and thank you again for the gift of this conversation with you.
0: Hakeem, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to speak with you. Bye for now. Thank you.
1: Like what you heard? Please go to myforthact.com and subscribe to receive my updates on upcoming episodes. Please also subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Rate us, give us a review. And let us all create some magical fourth acts together. Ciao.